Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. Today, I have my friend and guest Chantel here to talk about how to network to grow your business. So we're talking about how to put yourself out there, how to meet people, different ways and opportunities that might be a little bit different from the traditional network networking that you're used to, like going to events with hundreds of people. You know, we're going to talk about alternative ways to really um, help you connect with the community and other people and other businesses around you. So let me tell you a little bit about Chantel. Chantel Davis is a registered holistic nutritionist located in Victoria, BC. She dreams of a world where families join together in the kitchen to create meals that are not only delicious and exciting, but also nourish our bodies for the days ahead. Where community means coming together and sharing ingredients, homegrown produce, recipes, and experiences around food. Where body shapes and sizes don't matter and where family is isn't defined by a nuclear number, but those who you share your meals and memories with. So if you want to check out Chantel and learn more about her, you can visit her website and sign up for her newsletter at www.thatplantedlife.com or follow her journey on Instagram at Chantel dot davis yyj or at theplantedlife.ca so welcome to the podcast thanks for being here hi thanks for having me i'm excited yeah i am excited too i mean um, just as a background for everyone, you know, Chantelle and I are friends in normal life. So we've definitely had lots of conversations about business building, what's worked for her, what's worked for me, what hasn't worked for both of us. And um, one thing I've really learned from her is all of the ways that she has uh, networked her business. And I, I feel like I'm constantly saying to you, like, oh my gosh, you're so good at putting yourself out there and meeting people. And you're always like having these new opportunities come your way. So, why don't you even just start by telling us a little bit about your business and your journey to becoming a registered holistic nutritionist? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I think like most of us, I um, landed on nutrition because I just didn't feel good for a really long time. And I knew it was something I could make a critical change doing, but just wasn't finding the support I was looking for. So I turned to the program. um, And within a few months of starting to really understand how the digestive system is really tied into everything else, I started to feel better. And I've had zero issues you know, in the last three years since. So for me, it was a big stepping stone, um, not just for building a business, but for my own internal health and, you know, how I was feeling. Um, You know, and I think a lot of people might resonate with this one. But when I first graduated, I, I really pushed myself hard thinking that I needed to build, um, a nutrition business that was very traditional with, you know, clinical clients and doing all the social media building and all that stuff. And I joined a whole bunch of different business building programs and groups and put all this pressure on myself, thinking that the consulting business I had already started wasn't good enough. 
And finally, one day I woke up and thought, but this is what I want to do. So for me, realizing that my niche wasn't necessarily a specific health issue that I was supporting with and that it was actually that I can inject nutrition into almost any circumstance um, and that I really like speaking and educating. So I do take one-on-one clients here and there, but the majority of my business is built around teaching people how to meal prep, going into schools and educating kids on neutralizing and normalizing their bodies and helping them build self-confidence as well as cooking skills. Um, and then also, you know, interacting with other business groups and stuff like that. So I'm really starting to dive in and enjoy where I'm at now that my mind has stopped going crazy and thinking that I need this big clinical business. Mm, Yeah. And you're so right. I think so many people will resonate with this because it's, you know, thinking that it has to look one way or be one specific, you know, like vision, like the one-on-one coaching, or I have to do group programs, or I have to scale my business to X, Y, Z, where, you know, sometimes we don't even really listen to ourselves and think like, but what do I want? Like, what makes me feel good? What makes me happy and excited? And I know for you, that's like, like you said, being in the kitchen, but also going and doing talks and, and being in your community. Like, I think you are a very community minded person. And, um, it seems like those type of opportunities really like excite you to want to do more in your business. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I've always been a big fan of volunteering and stuff. So I'm fortunate in a position where the financial side isn't as big of a deal for me and I can really pursue where my heart is happy. Um, But even if it wasn't, I think I'd still try to find a way to give some of my time back to my community and really build that. Um, And like my bio says, I really do dream of going back to kind of our older roots from, you know, years past where communities did come together and share produce and do that stuff. And, you know, I think with the current situation of the world and what's happened with the pandemic, we've seen a little bit of that within our neighborhood and it's really brought a lot of joy to our house. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is kind of like an offshoot question. And I'm just curious if you can talk to this for a quick sec. I know you and I have discussed this in our like friend chats before. um, But you know, when it comes to you having like multiple, you know, different things going on in your business, like different opportunities, um, how do you, you know, how do you spend your time on different things equally? Like, do you find that that ends up being a bit challenging for your business when you have like multiple things that you're interested in? Or have you found like a good rhythm of how you can like balance your time? I mean, it goes both ways, sometimes depending on the time of year and what's going on, especially because I do sit on some rather large event planning committees, but that the event planning side is my background. So I have years and years of experience learning how to manage time where your workday doesn't look the same. So I'm really good at adapting to what's going on and kind of just being in the moment without feeling like I'm falling apart. But that being said, I do mindfully try to time block. I am a mother and I do have kids to care for too. So I do have to be mindful of getting as much as I can get into in the days I do have available to work. So I try to time block, but sometimes I allow myself to change the schedule or whatever, depending on what comes up. 
yeah, life happens, right? So it's just, um, I think, like you said, kind of not being too rigid, maybe in your expectations or in your, the way you're running things. Like, I think that's actually probably one of the most critical skills of being a successful entrepreneur is like being able to adapt, just like you said, and not be like only stuck in one way and assuming that's the only way that something's going to work. So I'm sure that's helped you to be successful and continue to be successful while you grow your business. Yeah, that and finally understanding in my brain that I'm also human and it's okay to fail and just roll with it. So there's been circumstances where I've been teaching or managing an event of some sort and something's gone wrong. And instead of making a big deal about it, if you kind of just roll with the punches, a lot of the times people don't even notice that it's actually happening. So I just kind of have really learned to manage my mind and expectations and realize that human error is inevitable and you just need to be able to adapt. Mm, Absolutely. And that kind of actually brings us now to talking about the networking. And um, I know something you've even mentioned to me before is, you know, when it comes to networking events, I think people can get so so nervous, right? For a lot of us, you know, um, health practitioners that are helping others, a lot of us tend to be more introverted and we might not be like ready to throw ourselves out there into an event with like millions of other people there. So, you know, how do you manage your mindset around that? Or do you have any tips um, to give everybody listening of like, how do you approach like wanting to network to grow your business, but also want to respect like your energy and your time and, uh, you know, what it's like for you in your business. For sure. Um, I mean, for years I faked it because I would get extreme anxiety walking into a room of people, whether it was an industry event or an event that had multiple industries networking within each other, like a business association or something. And I don't know why, but I always felt like I was walking into the room with less value than everybody else who would show up. And when I finally realized that I carried just as much worth as they did to be in that room and that we were all there for the same reason, I was able to fake it until I made it. And then when I was able to learn to better manage my anxiety using some breathing techniques or sometimes I use an essential oil that makes me calm down or I'll even pick up the phone and chat with a friend who I know is going to be incredibly supportive and lift me up, I'm now able to walk into those situations Um, prepared and ready to talk to people. And I kind of like to live on the edge. So I'll just walk up to a group of people and insert myself into a conversation. Um, But I find that those tend to be the most organic conversations that happen sometimes. So you kind of just have to start practicing putting yourself out there. And even if you don't want to go into a big networking event, even just in your community, when you're out and about, start off by just saying hi to people and starting learning how to initiate a conversation with a bit of confidence goes a long way. Well, and it's so funny because, you know, we think just like you said, like, what value do I have to bring here? Or maybe I shouldn't be here. At least I know for myself, that second guessing of like, you know, should I really be here? Like everyone else is legitimate, but me. Um, But I think at the same time, a lot of those people are probably feeling the same way. You know, it's not just us that are feeling that way. You know, everybody might be a little bit nervous or feeling a little bit, a little bit vulnerable to put themselves out there. So, you know, at the end of the day, like if we kind of can get through that block, like you said, and, and take it before you make it, or just like, you know, give yourself that confidence boost to do the thing, you're probably going to open up your world so much more and then meet these people that also just genuinely want to connect and make some, you know, business connections or personal connections as well. 
Absolutely. I actually have a funny story for you. When I was still a student in nutrition, um, my, my confidence was much, much lower. Even at the conference that we last had in person, I was very into myself and didn't really talk to anyone. And a few months later, I actually saw you at Whole Foods and you didn't know who I was at that point. And my brain kept being like, Chantel, just go talk to Stephanie. She's a nice person. She can probably give you some great advice. And this was before I knew your podcast existed. And my my shy and anxiety ridden self just kind of saw you in the grocery store, but totally avoided. And I kicked myself after thinking, <laughs> wow, like what was holding me back there and making me feel like I couldn't just go talk to another human being, um, you know, and that was only a couple of years ago. So my confidence has come a long way, just, you know, learning how to show up in a room. And even if I don't know the same things you do, we still bring something to the table. And I'm glad we've connected now for sure. But I look back at that now, especially knowing your personality, thinking what was holding me back? Yeah. Well, and you know what? I think that all the time. So you're not alone. I mean, I, <laughs> probably if I saw you and knew you, I'd also get nervous and be like, I can't go up to her. So like, I also deal with, I'm, I'm not saying that you deal with social anxiety, but like, I deal with social anxiety. It's something that is big in my life. So, um, you know, I guess equally, um, as you're saying, like, I've really had to work myself up to like, teaching and doing workshops and going to networking events. Like it's not naturally something that I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to go to this event. Usually I'm like, how can I make up an excuse not to have to go and do this thing um, so that I don't have to show up? But you know, every time I do go to an event, I have so much fun and I meet so many people, but my inclination is usually to lay back. And a lot of the times my anxiety can get the best of me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It still happens to me every day, even though I've repeatedly taught over Zoom and in classroom settings at this stage, even to kids, I still shake like crazy before I go in the room. And, you know, like I said, I have to manage my mind and find ways to get myself into a mindset where I can bring the energy they deserve. I guess that's another tip to think too, is instead of looking at how it's affecting you, look at how it's going to affect your presentation to the people you're talking to as well. And I'm not talking about networking to get a job or business. Like even if you're just teaching or educating people, you're going to really touch more people's brains, if you're bringing an energy and passion, that's really going to say, hey, if this person's interested in this, maybe I should learn a little bit more too. So I find that when I bring that energy, even if internally I'm freaking out, it really kind of softens the room a little bit. And eventually you just ease into a circumstance with the crowd where everything kind of just moves along. Yeah, I feel that way every time I present or um, go to a networking event. It's like half an hour in, I'm like, oh, I've got this. Like, why was I so worried? But at the beginning, I'm probably got sweaty palms and I'm like so anxious. So yeah, I totally feel that as well. Um, Okay, so that being said, um, I'm assuming then that you're probably not trying to like seek out all of the networking opportunities that are like 50 people, 100 people, like really busy, these like huge rooms where, you know, it's like, like this, you know, like I'm picturing, um, you know, those dating scenarios, like the the quick dating where you're like hopping from person to person to person, like, I'm assuming you maybe like more like small or intimate networking opportunities. So why don't you just share with us like what kind of networking opportunities, or what have you done networking style? And, um, and what like, do you prefer doing or let us know like what's out there for people to start trying? So you, you hit the obvious one on the head. There's always those big ones. And I mean, less so now, but as things start going back to normal, we'll probably start seeing more of the 
Um, at least here in BC, we have the business associations for different municipalities and stuff like that. So those are a great starting point to get your feet wet. And even if you're starting off, the bigger crowd actually might be a little bit less pressure because there's always usually one or two people lagging at the wall who you could kind of go hide and talk to. So mm. that's a good place to start. But for me, um, and this could be my event planning background, I tend to join committees and other events that are somewhere in my realm of interest. So they may not necessarily be what we've been trained to do is, you know, aim for our ideal client, but they're somewhere in a realm of interest that I feel comfortable talking about. So for example, I sit on a committee for our big marathon here um, and it's led to some wonderful speaking engagements and other opportunities for me. And it's another, it's a great way to learn how to collaborate with people that have different skill sets. So that would probably be one of my top ones, especially if you enjoyed, um, volunteering your time but some of these committees come with honorariums too and that's a good place to start and you actually never know it's always the most um the last person you expect that's going to contact you for something so you know really just putting yourself out there and you know you can also figure out whether or not a clinical business is something that you really want to do or if you're getting experience on a committee doing something different for example I plan our recovery zone so I feed all the runners afterwards I find that that's another way I can use my skill set but also give myself something interesting to do that I enjoy more um, so the committees are always a great one another good one that I'm sure a lot of people are aware of but don't even really think to use as a tool is local community Facebook groups or Facebook groups that have similar interests to you and they don't necessarily have to be nutrition related groups I've gotten clients from groups that have nothing to do with nutrition but everybody seems to get into these cycles of chatting where somebody eventually will complain about a health complaint or oh I'm so tired and fatigued right now or something like that and you know you can very gently kind of coax yourself into a situation where you might gain a client or a speaking opportunity um, you know for me I was vegan for quite a while and I joined a bunch of our vegan groups and a lot of people in those groups are genuinely interested in how to maximize what they're doing a lot of people struggle when they first go plant-based so offering group chats and stuff like that really gave me a leg to stand on Mm, yeah. And it's interesting too, because then that even opens up another conversation about like, sure, making that, you know, getting in those communities, in those groups, starting conversation, getting those first few clients probably through that channel. But then also now those people are now your they're your advertisers, right? They're going to go into other groups or, you know, when someone else is saying I'm tired or maybe they're looking for someone to do meal planning or, you know, they're looking for um, someone to help them with XYZ health problem, they're going to recommend you because again, they have experience with you. So it's like, it's kind of twofold, like you're networking to maybe meet those clients and then help those clients who are then going to market and advertise for you. Yeah, and I think a big point to land on with that is when you do land clients through those avenues, you really need to set a precedent for your service standard. So for me, I also take on a couple of large catering events every year. Generally, I'll pair with charities because I enjoy donating some of my time, but I, I give and take depending on the circumstances. And I've never had to advertise my catering business. I always get clients through word of mouth, and I'm known for my service standard. And it's very important to maintain something unique like that. Um, you know, for me, I actually provide old fashioned service standards and a lot of clients tend to like that when they're going to gala dinners. So that's kind of what separates me out from other catering companies is having something unique and positive that people can relay on to other 
potential clients for you. Yeah, that's really smart. Okay, so basically so far, the kind of the options we've talked about are like those bigger networking events that perhaps could be even better because like you said, you can be more of like a fly on the wall or kind of find your your little group of people that maybe also are, are having some anxiety about being there or maybe that aren't the most extroverted, if that is your style. Or if you are extroverted, then great. You have so many more people there to chat with and to connect with. Um, and then the next one would be joining like committees or any kind of groups that you maybe you have special interest in and then joining like Facebook communities and groups. So those sound like three really, really good options. Um, anything else that you would recommend? I know I've heard you talk about like grocery store networking. So maybe you can tell us a bit about that. Oh man, I'm such a creep. Um, that's probably my favorite place to interact with people though, whether I'm at a farmer's market or I'm horrible, I'll even go into my health food store and interact with people, even though I'm not an employee or my local grocery store. (laughs) Um, and I, my ears are just always listening and, you know, I hate hearing people struggling with food. Um, you know, I've been a chef for a really long time before I became a nutritionist and I just love helping people enjoy ingredients. Um, so I'll always kind of look for someone or, maybe it's just the universe providing me with opportunities, but I always seem to bump into people that are super confused, whether they're in the gluten-free section and they don't know what to do, or they're standing at the plant-based foods case and don't know which tofu to pick or something like that. I'll just casually make a comment that's either going to make them laugh or some sort of way to engage them. Um, You know, and if a conversation happens, I'll generally carry a couple business cards around me with me so that I can hand it out to them and say, Hey, listen, you know, feel free to shoot me an email at any time. I also offer nutrition consulting services or um, group education packages. You know, if that's something that you and others might be interested in, feel free to email me or check me out on my social media. Um, And I actually get a surprising amount of business this way. Mm, I think it's also because I come across with a bit of confidence by approaching people like that. And it's a good way to practice as well, because you're just talking to one person. And even if it's just simply, like I said, starting out learning how to say hi to people, it starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That brings up a really good point because, you know, these kind of more casual networking opportunities, like, um, you know, finding someone in the gluten-free aisle, or maybe you're at the grocery store, or maybe you see someone's grocery cart and you, you start chatting, like, obviously, to make this, you know, a very beneficial opportunity for networking, um, you're probably exchanging like a business card, like you said. So what um, do you usually recommend for everybody that's listening, like with them and their networking, like, should it be common practice for them to carry business cards? Do Should they create posters and put them up around different stores? Like what kind of like, I guess, materials do you usually do you usually have for your networking events? I only carry business cards. Um, but that's just my personal preference. I think if you have a great poster and something very specific to offer, I think that's a great thing to do. Um, you know, here you can walk into most cafes, especially the locally owned ones, and they always have community boards and stuff like that. So I think that's a great option for people. Um, but yeah, I always have one or two business cards in my back pocket cause I've been burned so many times and well, you can take people's information on your phone. I don't know. For me, it just seems a little bit tacky. So I'll always carry business cards because of that. Um, But whatever works, you know, my business card doesn't have a whole lot of information on it. I like to keep it incredibly simple. If people are actually curious, they will investigate themselves and figure it out. Um, You know, so I think if you are going to do a poster or handouts of some sort, try to keep it as simple as possible. 
Because if people look at a bunch of verbiage on a poster, I think a lot of people are going to stop and wonder how overwhelming your service might be versus Mm -hmm. a few simple lines of verbiage that are very to the point of what you can do for them. Um, It's a little harder for me because I'm not providing one specific service to people because I do consult. So I'm more of a general, I have a lot of knowledge and I can share it. Let's chat about how we can collaborate. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, if you provide them with the basic information and they are curious, like how many of us, you know, hear of something and go do a quick Google search, right? Or pull it up on your phone after you start stop chatting with someone. So I'm sure they will find the way. But yeah, you're right. It's like that first step is to have that that business card there with you. And they're so easy to make now, right? You could make up one in 20 minutes on Canva and Canva even prints business cards now. So, you know, it's there's no reason not to have something like that just on hand as like a just in case for these type of, you know, situations. Absolutely. And to be perfectly transparent, I didn't actually have a website until a few months ago. So even though I had one on my business card with one page up where you could sign up for my newsletter, um, you're probably rolling your eyes because you teach people to build their businesses, but I didn't actually have something for people to land on for a long time. So I relied on those connections I would make with people to generate business for myself. So definitely not saying don't have a website, but don't freak out if your website's not this stunning work of art that you're expecting it to be. It's okay just to have a couple of basic pages up to start that people can land on. That's all they want to see is how they can get in touch with you and what you can do for them at this stage. Yeah, or even I remember like when I was teaching at Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and so many students would be like, well, I want to make a business card, but just like you're saying, I need the website to be done first or I have to get an email or whatever it was. And I would always say like, you know, sure, you don't want to be wasting money on these things and throwing away money, but you know, for a basic set of 100 business cards or even 500, you're probably looking at like 20 to $40. Um, so the return on the investment to buy some cards and maybe not even put your website on there yet, or maybe just use like a more professional like Gmail account before you purchase an email account, like that is fine. Again, we have to start somewhere. And um, there's been so many scenarios in the past where I was kind of kicking myself for not having that business card where I'm sure I missed out on lots of potential opportunities because of that. So definitely yeah, something with I you. recommend. Yeah. Yeah. And even for me, like, I think there's only been a couple of genuine circumstances where a client or well, I guess potential client, cause it didn't work out was upset that I didn't have a more fancy web page, you know? And for me, a lot of the time I'll just laugh it off. If people say, Oh, you don't have much of a web page. I'll be like, I'm too busy. You know, I just, I have too much business going on and I'd rather focus that my energy on clients, you know, and I'll get to the website when I get to it. And I finally did. So it's up there, but, um, you know, it was never really an issue. So, you know, don't put your pressure on yourself, let it happen as it happens. It's okay to put up what we call B work and move it to a work down the road. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just like you don't have to have graduated nutrition school, to start sharing your knowledge. You know, you have to be careful using your designation and how you're interacting with people. But I started talking about plant-based cooking well before I graduated. Yeah, that's a really good point for sure. 
Um, another thing, you know, that I want to touch on a little bit is networking between professionals, right? So like, obviously, we've talked about ways to network in your community, or maybe meet other like business owners, not in nutrition or health and wellness. But what are your thoughts? Or what are your experiences on networking with like other nutritionists or other health professionals? Has that been something you have um, put any attention or time into? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, less so with nutritionists, but with other people in different businesses and stuff, I'm always the first person um, who will reach out and say, hey, let's collaborate somehow. For me, a lot of the time, because it, it'll be something along the lines of, I really like your personality and I think we could have a great friendship or collaboration. Let's see what we can do together. Um, you know, and like I said, I've landed on the fact that my niche is adding nutrition to just about any topic. So it works well for me. Um, but yeah, I think you'd be, you know, missing out on some learning opportunities and some other potential income producing activities if you weren't open to at least collaborating with a few of your peers, um, especially in this day and age when you're looking at, you know, so many people have podcasts and huge social media followings where they're doing a lot of Instagram lives and stuff like that. You have to learn to network to get yourself in a position where you could take advantage of that, especially if you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. So how would you normally approach one of those scenarios? Like, do you kind of have like a, a template, an email template that like you would turn to if you're like writing an email to collaborate or, or to reach out and network? Or do you kind of just do it off the cuff? Like, what is your style when it comes to like, that first reaching out? I think that's the scariest piece here for a lot of people is like, what do I say? I don't want to sound like annoying or desperate or any of those, you know, those thought gremlins that come up and think the person doesn't want to hear from me. Like, what is your strategy for that first point of contact? I try to keep it casual right off the bat, um, especially because I feel like social media is not quite as stringent on professionalism. So if I'm talking from a social media perspective, I'll just start showing up. I'll start responding comments to their posts. I'll start responding messages to their stories and try and get a casual conversation going. Um, And if they respond back, then generally you'll hit a stage where something organic can happen. Um, If it's more of a situation, you know, especially if you're just about to graduate and you're wanting to get an actual employed job, you're not quite ready to build your business or you don't know where you want to land. That is definitely a circumstance where the first thing I would do is pick up the phone and call that business to find out who specifically to direct that email to, because I love adding that personal touch. And then I will generally try and find some stuff out about the business. Usually you can find a lot of information on a website, but I'll fine tune my email to explain to them why I would be an asset to their current business operations. That's so really I don't smart. have a specific template. I have a specific goal where I'll use, um, you know, the assets I know I have, but I'll try and tie it into what they have going on. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, as bad as it might sound, like people, you know, really just want to know what's in it for me. Right. So if we're spending all this time networking, trying to kind of like talk all about ourselves is really long email, they might just kind of fall off and wonder, you know, how is this going to benefit me at the end of the day? So like you said, if you're kind of more approaching it from like, here's how I feel like I could be an asset to you, or here's how we could collaborate, or here's how I could support your business. I think people are going to be way more receptive. Well, and I think if you can gain that confidence or like I said before, fake it till you really have it, you're probably going to go a lot further, even if, for example, on the social media side, even if you don't have this big, massive following, like the person you're trying to connect with, it doesn't mean that they're going to say no. 
they had to start somewhere as well. Nobody wakes up overnight unless they're a celebrity with millions of followers. You have to work for that if that's something that you want to have as part of your business. So I never even look at how many followers somebody has. If I genuinely want to have a connection with them, I'll work to create that connection. Yeah, that's very, very smart. At the end of the day, like you said, we're all people just trying to do our thing, make the connections. And um, I think if you're approaching it like a real person um, and not like this weird business person or making it feel like like icky or weird or anything, people are going to be really receptive. And at the end of the day, kind of like you said, is, you know, the worst thing anyone can say is no, right? Or the worst thing that happens is you put yourself out there and nothing comes of it, but you're never going to know unless you try. And actually, this is something I personally really um, tested out a lot at the beginning of my business, especially like when I was about one year in my business, I started I was saying yes to a lot of opportunities. But I was also emailing and um, I was reaching out. So you know, I was reaching out to different uh, supplement companies to see if they'd want to partner up or different um, kind of like health and wellness events in my in the city I was living in to like reach out and see if they wanted to partner up like I was doing the legwork. So I think so many people are wondering, like, how do I grow my business? And they're waiting on the sidelines, where I know for me, like me taking the steps and and putting, you know, each foot in front of, <laughs> of the other and like putting the work in, that's what really made the biggest difference for me. Absolutely. And I agree with you on that one. If you just sit back and wait for people to come to you, it's not going to happen. Very rare circumstances where you're going to get that opportunity. But, you know, for the first year or two, you might have to hustle like that and you're going to be tired. But you know what? If you come home from the, the day and you're tired, but you're still happy with what you're doing, then it's okay if you're doing that for a couple of years. You'll eventually hit a flow where you're not saying yes to every event. You're going to learn your niche if you want to find one. You're going to figure out your client target. And all of those things are going to start falling into place. But just like you, I did a whole bunch of things that maybe weren't things I really wanted to do, but they opened up doors for me that today are still proving to be um, great opportunities. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you absolutely have to put yourself out there. And you know, if you don't feel like you're offering something, then that's something you need to look internally on and really look at your mind management and find a way to prove to yourself that your value isn't related to your appearance or your Instagram following or anything like that, you have something to share. You went to school for a reason and you're going to find your voice eventually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like a lot of people need what we have. We just need to get out of our own way in order to show up and, and help them with uh, what they really need that help with. So- I always laugh on social media every once in a while. One of those memes will come up that says, you know, just a, a reminder for the day, but there's always someone else out there who knows less than you who's doing what they want to do mm. as if they know everything. And, you know, that's not the exact verbatim, but kind of around yeah. that message of there's always somebody out there who knows less than you doing what you're doing. So, you know, don't go out into the world thinking, well, I don't know everything. I forgot everything from school and You'll mm-hmm. get there. It's okay. And it's okay to say, hey, I need to just double check on that fact and get back to you. Yeah, that's one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> that's something I did a lot with clients because I would rather say that and be transparent and get back to them than, than make something up and feel like, you know, not good about it. So I, I love, you know, like having the knowing that that's okay to do. Absolutely. It's okay to do. We're all human. Mm-hmm. So any last minute, um, you know, 
thoughts on how somebody could approach networking or different something we didn't touch on about networking anything like that you could kind of any wisdom you want to bestow on everyone before we go yeah, I've got a couple. I think one of the other ways you could consider starting to put yourself out there um, if you're not quite ready to have someone offer you an opportunity is to check with your local rec centers. Um, a lot of the times they're always looking for people to educate groups on different topics. And it doesn't just have to be fitness or nutrition. For me, I started off doing just plant-based cooking. Um, you could pick one specific nutrition topic that you're competent in and offer even just a one-off. The nice thing about the rec center is they already have a following of people. So they're going to do all that advertising for you. And you get to set your price point with your class maximums and everything. So it was a really great way for me to get my feet wet speaking on a topic I was confident on. And I barely had to do much other than actually prep the food I was teaching. So if you're still a little bit wary, start off with your rec center. And even just going, if you're a parent or something, going to a parent group and just interacting and chatting there is a really great place to start. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, you know, for me, and this is, I guess it's gone a long way for me, is no matter what you do when you're networking, use your manners. It goes a long way in helping you be memorable if you, and I'm not talking being the most polite person in the world, but if somebody hands you a business card or even if they offer you an opportunity that you're not totally jazzed on, just say thank you anyways. They're still putting themselves out there too. And I think learning to emotionally acknowledge people also really helps you build genuine relationships. Um, you know, for a lot of the time that you're networking, you're not necessarily just going to do networking for a one-off circumstance with a client, especially if you're going to these business groups, you're making a lasting impression for future collaborations, or they might remember you, you know, when somebody else is talking about needing your services or something like that. So just being a genuinely kind person really goes a long way. Yeah, that's a good point. I think sometimes we get so nervous in those situations that we like, um, go so out of body <laughs> we're not ourselves and then we're like oh my gosh did I say something weird or did I even respond you know correctly or politely or like yeah just kind of having that basic like here's how this idea of like the, here's how I want people to feel when they walk away from this conversation exactly and you know and if you are still really wary about it and you are feeling anxiety because you don't want to wait for people to get back to you then switch the circumstances around take their card and say you know, would it be okay if I sent you a resume or a little, um, you know, pitch on what I can offer? Mm -hmm. And that gives you an opening line to get into them in a communication cycle. And it might help your anxiety a little bit instead of them taking your card and you going home and thinking, oh my gosh, when are they going to contact me? Because sometimes we're talking weeks or months before somebody you've met really needs your services or thinks of you. Um, and that can do a lot to your heart when you're first starting to network. So, you know, if that's the kind of person that you are, then be a little bit bold and take their card and get in touch with them. Yeah. And it's funny because, um, well, I know you and I have talked before about your real estate agent and how your real estate agent went above and beyond. And it was a really great experience. And I was just thinking today, um, this is a little bit off topic, but um, just in terms of like service and and feeling, you know, cared for, taken care of is um, my mom sent me a listing for a house and I had to sign up to view the listing. So I was signing up with like the real estate agency. And since I signed up, I've been getting email after email after email from this agency, um, you know, wanting to hop on a call and, and just like, you know, obviously wanting the sale of me going with them to, to purchase a house. Um, but on the flip side, 
I actually, uh, probably like a year and a half ago, I connected with another realtor and um, he has been kind of done like the slow, the slow burn, I guess we can say. So he definitely like right from the beginning checked in, um, asked if I needed anything and he will just check in every once in a while. Like this has been like a year, probably two years now. And he'll just be like, Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? Are you guys thinking about buying yet? And, you know, honestly, like that slow burn, that support over time, like, you know, if I was to go back and and need a real estate agent, he might be someone that I consider versus the person who kind of hit me really hard. And probably once they find out I'm not ready is going to leave where I think with networking, it's about, like you said, that long term commitment to that potential of that client and not just trying to like, push someone to do something right away. Absolutely. And and that's super important to, um, you know, not being too pushy, but maintaining contact to a certain circumstance, if you can to build that relationship will go a long way for you down the road. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I think it's just been so nice and so refreshing. I know we talked a lot about like, you know, if you have anxiety or if you are nervous to network, um, you know, here's how you've overcome that. Here's how I've overcome that. So I think the conversation really was um, impactful for people listening that maybe weren't feeling ready to get started with networking. And hopefully we've pushed you guys to think a little bit more about how you could kind of grow your reach and put yourself out there. Or for those of you who do feel confident, you know, different ideas with the bigger groups or the smaller groups, Facebook groups, um, community events. Like I think you shared so much that can, you know, really get people started with um, putting their their first foot out there to get start with get started with networking. So thank you so much for sharing. This has been really, really helpful. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed having this conversation. And you know, just to nail that point home, you don't need to wait till you have all your ducks in a row to put yourself out there. It's never too early to start building relationships with people. So you matter, you value yourself, you know, a little bit more and get yourself out there. You'll be surprised how quickly things start to flow. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that pep talk. I think we all needed to hear that no matter where we are um, with our business, if we're just getting started or we're further along, it's always nice to remind ourselves that, you know, we deserve all of these opportunities and, you know, it's really up to us at the end of the day to make it happen for ourselves. So Thank you again. And why don't you just share once more, you know, where people can find you and if there's anything else you want to share with uh, everyone listening. Yeah, sure. Um, So you can find me on my website at thatplantedlife.com or on my Instagrams at chantel.davisyyj. My name is spelled C-H-A-N-T-A-L, no E's or at thatplantedlife.ca. And, you know, hit me up. I always like chatting with people in the industry. I'm always open for collaborations. So please never hesitate to send me a message to chat. Um, And, you know, just love yourself. Get out there and enjoy the process. And at the very least, you'll probably create a group of people who have similar interests to you. So, you know, that always feels good at the end of the day, too. So thank you, Stephanie. Oh, thank you so much for coming. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.